Fighter. Most people would consider this illegal. 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 Since we are the best and you agree with me, right? No need to debate. Hey world, it's your girl, Drea here, Long E, with the Dream Team Sports Podcast Network. Here with the usual suspects of the Fact Center crew, and today we're bringing you a very special episode as we're joined by our favorite debaters, Mike and Derek from the Great Debaters Squad. So like I mentioned, we have a very special episode, a a Raider Nation and 49er Faithful debate. In the black and silver corner, we'll have Mike inside. Mike, say hello to the people. Raider Debater here, sports game for free. You better get you some, and I'm about to give some today. I'm very excited about this. I've been waiting for this a long, long time. And just to give the listeners and everybody here, let me give you a poem on how I feel today. It's the battle hymn of the Raiders Nation, the Autumn Wind poem, adapted from Mary Jane Carr's Pirate Wind. I'm only going to do the second stanza. I think it's very fitting. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. And I think they're talking about 49ers gold. We're the silver and black, but we're taking the gold medal today. We're getting it all together. Raiders Nation, stand up. Yada, oh boy. Let's go, let's go. We starting early, okay. Sai, say hello to the people. Well, wishes and blessings, man. Again, I shouldn't have to go after that, what my brother and my king just said. So I'm an old, like I always say to you guys, what's a gang to a nation? Raider Nation, stand up. <laughs> all right, all right. In the scarlet and gold corner, repping for the 49er faithfuls out there, we have Tony and Derek. Tony, say what up. What's up? How you doing, 49er faithful out here? And anytime you get ready to get into a heavyweight fight, you got to carb up, right? So I got my boy Sourdough Sam. We ready to go. Okay, get the guns out too. All right, Derek. <laughs> hey, what's good, everybody? I uh, want to thank Drea, Sai, and Tony for letting us be a part of this. It feels great, baby. <laughs> All right, so you can already tell that this is going to be a fun and lively debate for the fellas. So I will do my job and keep everyone in line and on time. So for our listeners, you may hear a little buzzer in the background. That's just me making sure we stick to our timestamps today. And we also made a vow that we are going to be friends after this because we all know sports talk can get a little intense. Um, But with no more of me talking, we're gonna get right and jump right into the heat, right into the spice and get it started here. So our first question is about the quarterback matchup. And I'm a, Mike, I'm going to start it off with you. Which okay. quarterback do you trust to lead their team into the playoffs? I mean, dare I say a Super Bowl, Derek Carr or Jimmy G? I can already guess your answer, but give us your take, and you will have two minutes on the clock. Ready? Be ready. Okay. Well, this is laughable for one. It's Derek Carr. It's not close, and I'm going to tell you why. Let's start with durability. In the last three seasons, including this one, Derek Carr has started every game under center. 
In the last three seasons, including this one, Jimmy G has missed 15 games due to injury and will miss this week's game versus the Eagles. So score one for Derek Carr with durability. Let's now go to accuracy. In milliseconds, Derek Carr gets the ball out of his hand to the receiver. He puts it right in the bread basket of the receiver, and the receiver gets up the field to get some yak, yards after catch. The last three seasons under John Gruden, Derek Carr has completed 71% of his passes. In comparison, Jimmy G in the past four seasons as the Niners QB has a 68 completion percentage. Score another one for DC. Now, let's talk a little accuracy or lack thereof in the Super Bowl for Jimmy G. The first quarter of the Super Bowl, 49ers offense was cooking until James Garoppolo throws an inaccurate completion to Debo Samuel that loses three yards, third and long. James Garoppolo gets his pass tipped and it is overthrown to Kittle. Niners settle for a field goal on that one. Second quarter, Jimmy gets pressured, punts an interception to the defense. Third quarter, the first Niners drive at the 14-18 minute mark. James Garoppolo throws another inaccurate completion. Notice that I said completion to Emmanuel Sanders for 15 yards that Sanders had to go across his body to catch that if the ball had been on target, Sanders would have burned Tyron Matthew for an explosive touchdown. Niners once again settle for a field goal on this drive. Fourth quarter, James Garoppolo gets blitzed a lot, has a zero QPR, QBR, and QBR is a rating from zero to 100. Did you know that in 2019, Derek Carr led the NFL in QBR against the Blitz? He had a 95.9 QBR against the Blitz. He also led quarterbacks in completion percentage and yards per attempt against the Blitz. My opponents will say that Jimmy G is 24-7, and seven, including the playoffs, but let's dig deeper in three playoff games. As the line of quarterback, he completed 63% completion. He's only a putrid 142 yards passing with two touchdowns and three interceptions. And this is your king. This is your savior. Jimmy Jesus, more like Jimmy Judas, because he betrayed Tony and Derek to thinking that this was debatable. Oh, man. Mike dropping all the stats. Well, Derek, well, I'll tell you, you. Okay. And, and, and I appreciate what Mike said. And I'm going to agree with something that he said. Uh, being available is the biggest thing when it comes to any player on the field, especially the quarterback. But if we're going to penalize a guy for having a serious knee injury, I mean, come on, let, let, let's get serious here. All those stats were nice. Everything was great. Um, but it was funny because the majority of that was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so if we are talking about quarterbacks and taking their teams to the playoffs and then the Super Bowl, we're talking about a guy who's already been there before, okay? So let's go back to that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, something that my man Steve Mariucci said on 95.7 The Game last year. Quarterbacks do not get it. Th this is not style points. This is not gymnastics. This is not figure skating, okay? They get paid for winning. And that's all Jimmy Garoppolo does is win. He's 22-6 and six career record as a starter two and one in the playoffs, including the Super Bowl. And then we wanted to talk about completion percentages. Let's talk about it for a second. Career completion percentage for Jimmy Garoppolo, 67.7 versus Derek Carr's 64.3. I know Jimmy Garoppolo gets criticized a lot for Dinkin and Duncan. So let's touch on that for a second, shall we? Jimmy Garoppolo, for his career, yards per attempt, 8.3 yards per attempt. Derek Carr, on the other hand, 6.9. 
I see a pretty decent drop-off there. Last year in 2019, Jimmy Garoppolo led all of the NFL in third down passing, completing 65 of 130 passes for 50%. So for those of you out there who don't understand that stat, that is the money down. That is where quarterbacks earn their money is on third down. On first and second, we can get creative, okay? We can run the ball. We can do little gadget plays. On third down is where you earn your money. And that's where Jimmy Garoppolo excelled over everybody in the NFL last year. So with numbers like that and the pedigree of having the playoff experience, and not to mention the Super Bowl experience, hands down, Jimmy Garoppolo will lead the 49ers back into the Super Bowl long before Derek Carr and his Raiders even sniffed the playoffs. Ooh, all right, y'all, y'all, it's getting real heated. Okay, so I'm gonna go back to the black and silver corner. Cy, give us your take. Who's leading their team into the playoffs? And what do you have to say about what Derek and Mike have just shared? Well, I'll say this. <clears throat> First off, you got to get off the pine if you're going to lead somebody anywhere. So as we speak, Mullins might be taking over this job. So let's get that out there. Second, let me get into Derek Carr, why that's the obvious choice, which is I'm going to go back to what Mike says, but I'm going to just say the body of work. Six years, he only missed two games. As a rookie, mind you, they were both rookies at the same time, both second-round picks. One started from the jump on a bad team that, again, remember, beat the super hardball team the same rookie year. We went in there and we smashed them. He won three games as a rookie and balled out. And every year played better than expected. So one started. The other one's just been behind somebody and taking notes. So now let's talk about this, right? Six MVP votes in 2016 because he was balling, right? So Derek wants to talk about the Super Bowl. Mike want to talk about the Super Bowl. Let's talk about the Super Bowl, right? Because if you had Derek Carr, who last in last uh, November became the has the most comeback fourth quarter wins 18 since coming into the league, you would have won the Super Bowl because that's what Derek do. He's clutch. Now, I'm going to tell you another thing about the Super Bowl. Whose car, what car was it, what, what car did the 49ers drive to get the Super Bowl? Jimmy G wasn't driving it. Let's be honest. If, if, we're, if the car rolled up to the hotel, who would have got in first? The defense. Who would have got in second? The offensive line and the running backs. Who would have got in third? <laughs> so basically what I'm trying to tell you is Jimmy G was riding old school bitch. That's what he was riding in the car. Sorry for my profanity, but he was riding the old school B meaning he wasn't driving that car to the Super Bowl. He was more of a passenger. Look at the playoffs. He, had, he threw the pick against the Vikings, and what happened? Handcuffs. Handcuffs got put on him, and they, and they handed the ball off how many straight times? 20-something straight times. So all this talk about leading somebody to the Super Bowl, he didn't lead nobody. He sat the B word in the middle and watched the offense, the uh, second-best running back, running team, and the second-best defensive team lead him to the Super Bowl. So he was observer. He didn't lead them nothing, and he's leading them to the bench. Ooh. All right, that. Yes. Ooh, all right. Y'all, this is getting real, real spicy right now. Okay, Tony, again, I'm going back to the scarlet and gold corner. You wrap us, or you wrap up, this uh, debate segment for us on the Derek Carr versus Jimmy G take. All right. Well, let's, let's start. And this prefaces by saying that both teams have a great history. And so I'm not saying one franchise is the other, but let's talk about Carr. David? Oh, my bad. 
call him David because he's pretty damn close to his brother in terms of confidence and the way he plays. So let's go back to that. Let's talk about availability as the best ability. Um, three and 13 to start. All right, started with a bad team. And then he started to progress. He got in the 7-9. And then, hell, he had a 12-3 and three season. Well, the Raiders had a 12-4, and four, but he personally read them to, to the 12-3. and three. And after that, it just went downhill after that an injury. So 6-9, and 4-12, and 7-9. And he's finally in a winning season at two and one, but we know how that changes pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring up another quarterback that came off a serious ACL injury. Let's talk about Carson Wentz. After he went 11 and two before getting his ACL torn, he went five and six, had a decent season last year, but he just doesn't look the same. Now let's bring it full circle all the way back to Jimmy and why I believe in Jimmy because it's a mental thing when you come back from an injury. And that mental part has Derek Carr shook. Now, Jimmy G, after tearing his ACL, comes back the very next season and goes 13-3. and And when you hear a lot about media and you can get Norman Chow on here and you can have all these guys talking about it takes quarterbacks a couple years to finally come back into full form. Tell you what, Jimmy G came back into full form, learned how to work the system, learned how to utilize all of his weapons, and he knows what's ahead, what's ahead of him. He knows he's got a defense, so he plays within the system and the scheme, and he knows what he needs to do. And if you got a hot hand like Raheem Mostert, you ride that hot hand. And you know what? you got receivers that are great in space like Debo Samuel, and you got a hell of a tight end like George Kittle. You know what? You get yak yards off of that. So in all reality, like I said, your car didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Ours did. And you know what? He outplayed Mahomes three quarters and it was a defensive play and it was Emmanuel Mosley that basically gave that up and it, that shifted the momentum. And like I said, our car made it to the Super Bowl. Emmanuel right. Mosley is who you're blaming? Okay. Mike drop, Mike drop. All right. <laughs> We're going to take a quick timeout, but we just getting started on this Raider Nation and 49er faithful debate. So stay tight. Stay tuned as we get on to the next debate round that's all about the coaching matchup. Private many have failed. The 49ers got the liveest fans in the NFL. I tried to tell them we back and we never left and we got heart. Leave our stadium starting to feel like candlestick park. Uh-oh. Gold blood in my neck is frozen with diamonds. Front recording yeah. be on the field with the lineman big time. Fixture. Niner faithful, old school like an Impala. Ask Merton Hanks and the homie Ricky Ward. Take a picture. Them was my neighbors in 96. R.I.P. Dwight Clark, the catch. Legendary. I'm a Niner forever like rice and life. Forget T.O. Niner empire into the world. Who are we? Bang, bang, Niner guy. Bang bang Niner gang. Bang bang Niner gang. Hey world, it's Drea here, and we're back with the Dream Team Sports Podcast Network. 
with your faves from the Fact Center and the great debaters. And we're bringing back our Raider Nation debate and our 49er faithful debate with, with the crew. And make sure you follow us on all your social, on all your social medias, TDT underscore Bay Area at. So we just wrapped up a very lively debate round on the quarterback versus quarterback, Derek Carr and Jimmy G. And now we're going to take a little bit of a transition and talk about coaching matchup. So Derek, I'm going to start with you. Again, the matchup between the head coach, John Gruden of the Raiders and the head coach, Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers. In Shanahan or John Gruden, we trust. What's your take? Without a doubt, in Shanahan, I trust. Let's talk about this for a second. So within the last, what, since the 2016 season, this is a man who's been a part of a Super Bowl two times, okay? So as we touched on in the last segment, want to get to the big game. This man has been to the big game, okay? He takes over as head coach of the San Francisco 49ers in 2017. The Niners at that point were coming off a 2016 season in which they were 2-14, and 14, and it was laughable. It was bad. Basically an expansion football team at that point and what does he do in 2017 he starts off and things are a little rocky but from there the 49ers acquire Jimmy Garoppolo and go on to win their last five football games finishing the year six and ten high expectations going into 2018 and what happens week three your star quarterback goes down with a season-ending ACL injury and you have a down year but what do we do it's not about if we fall down. It's about if we can get back up. So what did Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers do last year? Only a 13-3 and record and a Super Bowl appearance. The NFL today is built on offense. And Kyle Shanahan is one of the most innovative minds in the game. I mean, every time Jimmy Garoppolo steps back and lets it rip, you almost just feel like there's somebody running wide open because of all the scheming that Kyle does. At this juncture, when you talk about the young football coaches and what they have done with transcending today's game, there's nobody that I would want over Kyle Shanahan. Now, I understand John Gruden has a larger body of work, but we're not talking about 20 years ago, folks. We're talking about 2020. So hands down, Kyle Shanahan is the man I want leading me into battle every Sunday. All right, there we go. Derek Derek is starting us off strong again with this round, too. Mike, how do you follow up with that take? Now, we all know Kyle Shanahan has an excellent coaching genetics and pedigree, being that his biological father is Mike Shanahan, two-time Super Bowl champion, all-time great NFL coach. But the man that taught him everything that he knows, Kyle's real daddy, his football daddy, is John Gruden. John Gruden, then head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, gave Kyle Shanahan his first NFL job as an offensive quality control coach during the 2004 season. Kyle Shanahan told his homeboy, Chris Sims, which was Kyle's quarterback in college at Texas, on the NBC episode of Chris Sims Unbothered, quote, I got everything from John, which was great for my mind at the time, because it put a lot of stuff in my head that I needed to learn. He learned everything from John Gruden. 
Now, we can't compare records. That's not fair. John Gruden has a better record and a winning record, 108 wins to 103 losses, while Kyle Shanahan, as a coach, is 25 and 26. John Gruden, in his second tenure as the Raiders head coach, has now coached 35 games. So let's compare both coaches' first 35 games. Kyle Shanahan was 13 and 22 in his first 35. John Gruden is 13 and 22 in his first 35. So that's pretty much a wash. So let's go to the Super Bowl, by the way. One coach choked in the second half and got outscored by his opponent by 21 points, 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter. The other coach bludgeoned his opponent, which the only reason why the other opponent, which was the Oakland Raiders at the time, was in the Super Bowl was because of John Gruden. So John Gruden was the reason that both teams were in the Super Bowl. One coach is too cute with his play calling. The other coach will step on your neck when he asks you down. It's obvious. John Gruden is the better coach. Ooh. All right, y'all. All right, it's getting He's spicy his daddy. with round one. This round is just getting even more spicy. Tony. The only the, the only problem, real quick, with what Mike was saying is that you some had, of the listeners out there. Hey, and I and I apologize to the listeners out there because he's talking about 20 years ago. Some of these listeners were in diapers when when John Gruden was was, was coaching and, and trying to run the football down people's throats. Okay, some people were in diapers. So you just gave a good history lesson, my man. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you referee. I'm gonna separate y'all. Y'all gotta go back into your corners. Mike, black and silver. Derek. What did Kyle Shanahan do in last year's Super Bowl? That's recent. I got to get y'all to y'all corners. He was there. <laughs> All right, John Tony, was watching, though, I'm sure. Tony, the floor Okay, is yours. okay. Keep it going. What's your I take heard, on I the heard. coach matchup? Okay. Well, I'm going to give John Gruden his flowers because, yes, he was a big cog in getting Kyle Shanahan developed into who he is today. But let's not, let's not give him all of the flowers because Kyle was definitely being nice when he says, I'm getting everything from John. Kyle grew up breathing football, and so before he even got to meet John, yes, John gave him an opportunity, but you know what? It's funny that everybody will, will bring things up like that because usually the mentor gets surpassed, especially when you've got a better mind and you've got a better track record. And bring up that Super Bowl again because, Mike, I'm glad you brought that up because, again, y'all weren't there, and the Raiders were not there, and so they were watching it from their couches. And to even have a second half collapse, you got to get there. And to get there, you've got to put your team in a better position to win, and which Kyle has been doing over the time. Well, let's, let's talk about that Super Bowl because getting there wasn't easy. I think getting in the season started where the Niners were supposed to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Pretty much the expectation. And he surpassed the expectations by getting the most out of his roster. But I do want to get back into John Gruden and why I would not take John Gruden over Shanahan in this situation. Now, the last time John Gruden was in the Super Bowl, again, Derek had just mentioned, I might have been in my diapers at that time, but time has passed him. And let's talk about with him starting to get back into the Raiders. It started off in a rocky road, and that's never how you want to step into an organization. I don't start a new job walking in there like, I need to change this, I need to change this. You're fired. And I'm, I'm trading you to a competing company. And that's pretty much what John Gruden did. He came in. He started off on a bad foot. And not getting 
aren't off to a good start either. So the obvious answer is Kyle Shanahan. All right. Cy, I know you're going to have some thoughts. Close us out in this round of the coaching matchup between the Niners and the Raiders. Well, I'll say this. I started off with this. Both of them are good at knowing what they need to do to win the game, right? Both have their own systems. And for the young listeners out there, I'm going to get into something. Let me warn you right now. I'm not talking about Jaden Smith. I'm not. Not Will Smith's son. So remember this. (laughs) Daniel's son cannot be better than Mr. Miyagi. Remember that. One taught the other one everything he needs to know. John Gruden, you know what he is to me? He's a top chef coach. So the reason why I say top chef, there's a show on the Food Network called Top Chef where the chefs don't know what's in the bag, what ingredients they need to play with for them to cook up a great dish. That is John Gruden. John Gruden, you just give him, you don't let him choose his ingredients. You just give him players and he will make it happen. That's what he does. When he went to Tampa Bay, right? Everybody wants to say that was Tony Dungeon's team. The defense was his. But what about the offense? The offense that he won a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson, breakdown quarterbacks. That is what John Gruden does. He gets old quarterbacks that get thrown to the side, and he, make, he wins with them, right? Look at their Super Bowl. Both of them went to the Super Bowl, right? But one peed the bed both times. There's evidence in the body of work that one coach, when the pressure and the chips are on the table, he will fold, and that's what that's what Kyle Shanahan has proved time and time again. Gruden, though, back to what my guy Mike was saying, he's the only Super Bowl to take two teams the same year to the Super Bowl. He took Tampa to the Super Bowl, left his whole foundation about how his plays are ran with the Raiders, and we used the same exact plays to get us to the Super Bowl and then we were dumb enough to use the the plays against the person who built them and that's why we lost so he took two teams the same year to the same Super Bowl and played each other that's John Gruden there is no no way it's even close one wets the bed in the biggest moments the other one just get teams where it needs to go which is the, the promised land he took us to the promised land he took tampa to the promised land he took us to the soup he took us to the playoffs with with uh rich gannon again throwaway quarterbacks it's not even close mr miyagi all right how many y'all. movies mr miyagi been in since <laughs> oh and and and, and uh, i think daniel got a better acting career though when Kyle Shanahan became the offensive coordinator of uh, the Texans, which was Gary Kubiak's system, which was Mike Shanahan's system, his father's system, he said he was bored. It, it, it didn't give him anything. He had learned so much from John that his own father's system was boring. All right, to and be you fair, know what? Just, to like, be like, fair, hold on, to be fair, let, let, black and silver, black and silver, black and silver, y'all got to know. Hold on, because because you know, black no, and silver. I, Tony, not Tony, Derek, Derek had, to, he had something to say. So let me just say hey, something. Let me in. just read. I, I, I'm going to say this. this, this, wait, this hold, okay, y'all get, wait, hold on. I got to put 50, to our listeners, I'm sorry, you're going to hear a lot of interruptions, but I'm going to put 15 seconds on the clock, and then I got to hand it back to the scarlet and gold, because black and silver, y'all are talking a lot. So, Sai, I'm going to give you 15 seconds. That's it, and I'm going to hand it over. So, Got it. Let me just go. I got everything from John, which is the great mind at the time, because 
just putting the plays in, in my head. That's all I needed. And since we're on the fact center, let's let's be real. Stop saying scarlet. It's pink. I'm done. Okay. Black and silver, go to y'all corner. In honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I'll, I'll be, I'm, I'm cool with that. Okay. There we go. Okay. Tony and Derek, I will let you guys, if there's any rebuttals to the black and silver. No, we good. We good. All right. You know, All right. Hey, no, no, no. Let, let's stop, stop the fight. Guys. Stop the fight. <laughs> here, here, here's the deal, right? It is, is that in the end of the day, it all sounds good. Um, the John Gruden, uh, the sunning Kyle Shanahan, please, man. He comes from Mike Shanahan, a two-time Super Bowl winner, not a one-time. And then here's the funniest thing about what Cy said, though. Every, all these Raider fans get all mad when they say that, that John took Tony Dungy's team. So how John coached two teams in, into the Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying? That would be like an oxymoron. Right? Like, because you can't have it one way and not the other. So, I mean, here's the thing. In, in the end of the day, that was a great story 20 years ago. The best part about bringing that up is that the silver and black, not only did they lose, you want to talk about the Niners losing, they got blown out. Blown out. Five picks. And we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Five picks in the Super Bowl. If that was the last time that I made it there, and that's what I had to hang my hat on, I, would be, I wouldn't even show my face today. I'd be sick right now. <laughs> All right. I got to ring the bell. The bell is being rung right now. We got to wrap up our coach versus coach debate round. Again, I'm having a fun time moderating, but even a funner time tuning into this conversation. Fans versus friends among friends. Like I said, things are getting spicy, continue to get spicy. We're going to head into a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be doing our last debate round that's going to be all about general manager versus general manager. So stay tuned. We'll be back with more heat on the Dream Team Podcast Network. Hey world, me again, Drea here, back with the Dream Team Sports Podcast Network and giving you that fact center and great debater action with our Raider Nation and 49er faithful debate. Make sure you follow us on all your social medias, TDT underscore Bay Area at. So fellas, we are at our final round of our debate today and we're going to go right into our last question. So Mike, I'm going to start with you. So we have GM, that is Mike Mayock for the Raiders, and now veteran GM John Lynch for the 49ers. When it comes to team architecture, whose body of work is more impressive? Mayock, I trust. The answer is Mayock. Mayock's record since being a GM of the Raiders, and this is his second season, he's done 19 games, or he's had 19 games as a GM. He's 9-10. and 10. Eh, Not that great. Now let's look at Lynch's first 19 games. Lynch's first 19 games as the GM, he was 7-12. and 12. Looks to be a little worse to me. John Lynch has drafted players like Reuben Foster, no longer on the team, Solomon Thomas, C.J. Befford, Dante Pettis. Yeah, yuck and barf. Look at the free agent signings, too, with John Lynch. D. Ford, 
We were just talking about him. Where has he been? Where's Waldo? Nowhere to be seen. Where's Quan Alexander? He did sign also Malcolm Smith, five years, 26.5 million. Did he ever play one down for the 49ers? I'm not sure. Uh, fullback Kyle Juszczyk is making right now a four-year, 21 million, with 7 million fully guaranteed. Your fullback. Brian Hoyer, two years, 18 million. I mean, these are all contracts and free agents that were signed by one John Lynch. Now, Mike Mayock, in his first draft, got five starters, five quality starters in the draft. The next year, this year, 2020 draft, he got three more starters. Mike Mayock has now eight starters on the team from two different drafts. And he signed a guy off the street that was having alcohol problems, Darren the Baller Waller, to a four-year, $29 million extension. Now, let's look at George Kittle, his counterpart. Five years, $75 million. Who got the better deal? Who actually is the better player right now? I think I'm going to go with the Baller Waller. George Kittle is just trying to get on the field to catch a pass from a quarterback that won't get him hurt, James Garoppolo, okay? So if you look at everything, if you look how everything is settled and put down, we all know who the best is. It's Mike Mayock, I trust, and that's how it is. All right, that's how it is. Okay, Derek, I know you're going to have some thoughts on that same question. Yeah, so Mike made, um, you know, a lot of points. I don't know if they were great points, but he made a lot of points. Um, you know, ever since, <laughs> you know, the, the Shanahan and Lynch era has started in 2017. So we want to knock the free agent signings or, or the trades and everything. Well, that was the year that John Lynch acquired now franchise quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. On top of that, with the 146 pick, in the 2017 NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers take George Kittle, the best tight end in football. To even compare him and Waller at this juncture after three games in the young season it, it is truly laughable. It's criminal, actually, with George Kittle being the best tight end in football. Then you want to run down some of the other acquisitions during the Lynch tenure. Solomon Thomas, maybe he's not a superstar, but a starter. Akilah Witherspoon, starter. George Kittle, <laughs> need I say more? Trent Taylor, starter. DJ Jones, six-rounder. Big-time piece for the Niners this year. Mike McGlinchey, starting on the offensive line. Fred Warner, third-round pick in 2018, arguably a top-five middle linebacker in the NFL today. And then let's go to last year's draft. Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel, Dre Greenlaw in the fifth round. Please. This is not even close. Mike Mayock, he's great at scouting. He did good for the NFL Network, and he can talk that talk and break things down. But when you want to talk production, when you want to talk building a team from the inside out, it's none other than John Lynch. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, that is the tandem to watch out for in the NFL for many, many years to come. Woo. All right. Mike and Derek, I got to put y'all in y'all corners. Sai, I'm going to bring it back to you. GM versus GM, whose body of work are you more impressed with? Well, now I'm going to get into this. It's kind of tricky because you're saying body of work. One just first 
had a full season with his with his draft class. The other one just finished up his fourth, right? So body of work, four four years to one and a half, right? But I'm like, let's just speak on last year, his first one. Okay. This is what this is what Mike 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 draft did. Look, the rookie started six, 60 games, 17 touchdowns, 20 pass deflections, a forced fumble, a uh Fumble, rec- fumble recovery, one one interception, 14.5 sacks, 107 receptions, 1,122 yards, 1,167 rushing yards, 17 touchdowns. That is the rookie. This is only the rookie class, which is arguably up there with Jimmy Johnson's Dallas class that changed the mold. And that's what that rookie class did for us. I'm going to give John Lynch some kudos. You know what kudos I give him? The Kittle, DJ Jones, Fred Warner, Debo Samuels, meaning they weren't picks that everybody was obvious on. But at the same token, look at Mike's. We're going to go with uh, Max Crosby, Trey Mullins, Josh Jacobs, which a lot of people were scratching their heads on why we drafted him. And then the quiet assassin, Mr. Third Down Chain Mover, Hunter Refro. I mean, Obviously, you see where I'm heading to. So one body of work for one year right now tops what four years of work he did. I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna give the Niners and, and Lynch credit on Nick Bosa because that was the obvious pick. Obvious picks don't get credit here. I'm gonna go for ones that you outsmarted everybody on. And I just did on both. I'm leaning towards Mike because of the reasons why, because of his look at the production that his rookie class did 17 touchdowns again look at the yards look at the sacks can we say max crosby equal production to nick bosa and nick bosa had ballers surrounding him on the d D line max Mm -hmm. crosby didn't have anybody he did that on his own so obviously i'm going with my act because proof is in the pudding all right tony you got you got the spotlight to wrap us up on this round well everybody likes to down John Lynch on the Solomon Thomas and maybe even Reuben Foster, but let's not forget how he swindled the beers on that. Well, I guess everybody swindled the beers, but how he was able to just move back one spot and just turn that into multiple draft picks. But I do want to talk about not who he's drafted, but who was undrafted. So let's bring up guys like Aziz Alshair, Emmanuel Mosley, Jeff Wilson Jr., Ross Dewelly, and Nick Mullins, because Cy, you like to bring up Nick Mullins a lot and how he's out there just balling. And at the end of the day, there is no quarterback controversy because Kyle's kind of nipped that in the bud. It's Jimmy's team. But to have one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league undrafted, that is a golden find. And it's not even forget about guys that he's, he's brought in in terms of depth. You know, my man Derek just mentioned a few guys. I want to bring up DJ Jones again because DJ Jones has been a solid part of this defensive line and let's move over to the offensive side of things just in school just in school was a main backup when we needed somebody in that spot joe staley was out a bunch of games mike mcglinchy which he drafted he's going to be a solid right tackle to come and maybe even be one of the best right tackles in the league right now we could possibly slide him over to the left but let's talk about the recency of this because john lynch yes he did come in and the Niners were four and twelve that season, but by his third season, the Niners were thirteen and three. 
and rode their way to a Super Bowl. And I like to bring up the Super Bowl a lot because, I, hey, look, we got to hang our facts, our head on facts. And the fact is John Lynch created a Super Bowl roster in unison, working closely with Kyle to get us there. And let's bring up something else that was recent. He brought in, brought in Trent Williams. And to have that type of zip on the lip, and nobody else in the franchise letting that out to the public and letting that out to the media that Joe Staley was about to retire and to get somebody in that position that was better than Joe Staley. That alone, for recency bias, tells you that John Lynch is a better GM. Whew. All right. That was our final round and the final take of the Raider Nation and 49er faithful debate. And I got to say, I keep saying it, but even as a moderator, but more so as someone that was just listening in, I mean, that was hella dope. So I will just say that. But before we go, I'm going to leave each of you with a statement and I want each of you to complete it. And I'm going to start in the scarlet and gold corner. So Derek and Tony, Derek, you will start us off. The 49ers will blank at the end of this season. How do you finish that statement? The 49ers will be hoisting the Lombardi trophy at the end of this year. Oh, that's a bold take. That's a bold take. All right. We Super Bowl, Super Bowl bound. Okay. Tony? The San Francisco 49ers will be hoisting the Lombardi trophy at the end of the season above all right, we got two Super Bowl predictions. Oh, brother. Over the Raiders. Over the I'm getting, Raiders? I'm getting, y'all, I'm getting y'all there, at least. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, and now going to the black and silver corner. Mike, I'm going to start with you. The Raiders will blank at the end of this season. The Raiders will be a far better team than the 49ers and will have a better record at the end of the season. All right, Lil. Competition, not surprised there. Inside, to close this out, how do you finish that statement? Also, the Raiders will have a better record than the pink and yellow, which who we all know wears that. <laughs> all right, so yeah, we all got some predictions and takes on camera, so we will revisit those when we get deeper into the season but we have reached the end of our debate that was a damn good time fellas you know what it is i appreciate y'all and thank you for bringing your takes your stats your facts to today's debate and thank you to our listeners for tuning in we're going to make sure we keep bringing you that fact center and great debaters heat weekly so make sure you are tapped into the dream team sports podcast network as always, you can't have the fulfillment of the dream without the team. Make sure you follow us on all your social medias, TDT underscore Bay Area at. We'll be back with more Bay Area Sports Talk coming to a platform near you. Hey, and in all seriousness, though, I just want to give a shout out to Mike and Dee. Appreciate you guys hopping on. Yes. You're always yep, yep. welcome on the Fact Center. You guys, yep, yep. You, guys are you guys are always welcome. I love your takes. Love your sports hood. You guys are part of the family. More than welcome. Our doors are always open. Let's do it.
Likewise, man. I appreciate all you guys. That, that was really a good time. Yeah. Love everybody on the thing. My partner is Sean. Derek brought the heat. You know, uh, had me on the ropes, but, you know, Raiders win like we always do. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being with you guys. You know what I mean? Brothers from my, another mother, Drea, your sister from another mister. And we just keep doing it long. You know, we keep it, keep, keep it going. Keep it going. Yes. All love. Debate. Afterwards, <laughs> and you know what? I'm not gonna let Drea. I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna let Drea off the hook easy. You know what? what? Pick a side. Pick a side. Pick a side. Right. This, this is the side. This is the side. This is the side. Pick a side. And I'm on new side. I know you catch no heat today, so we're we're about to bring it to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What he? Olivia Newton John. You got to have Olivia Newton John t shirt? Oh, Olivia Newton John. Okay. I don't put that on. That's my word. I don't put that on, that's my word. I don't put that on, that's my word. I don't put that on, that's my word.